0: You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show, episode 106, Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. How are you doing, Christina Dennis?
1: I'm doing beautiful, Damon Frank. How are you?
0: I am great. We're coming to you a little bit late on Mm -hmm. Wednesday, and I'm just going to tell us because Christina overslept. I yes, nothing to do with it. No, <laughs> sure. that's not it at all. We had yes. some commitments we had to do this morning so we're coming to you a little bit late. Almost noon o'clock here in uh Los Angeles in California. Uh but still all really great content for this episode number 106. Right. Uh Christina, a lot going on this week, Mother's Day. Yes. Uh, the recovered life discussions have been blowing up. A lot of people we're going to address that. Later in the show, a lot of people are nervous about Mother's Day. They have anticipation, mm-hmm. all different kinds of feelings going on. And then later on in the uh, in the show, we're going to address some kind of, I think, shocking but positively, uh, really positive information about drug use with adolescents. So great show ahead, guys. So you know, hold on. Got a great show ahead, and we're going to dive into it shortly.
1: Yes. Before we do, though, I want to let everybody know this show is being brought to you by Recovered Life contributors like me and people like you. Please like, share, follow, leave us a comment so we can continue the discussion. Also visit info.recoveredlife.us. You can leave a donation that helps us to keep helping others and join the network, which is completely free. That's info.recoveredlife.us.
0: Thank you so much for mentioning that, Christina. You know, we've built quite a community on Recovered Life. And part of this is our Recovered Life discussions, which we've now integrated into the podcast. So, guys, if you're watching this either live or on a replay on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, head over to the Recovered Life Show Uh, on Mm -hmm. anywhere that you download podcasts, Google, Apple, Stitcher, any of it, and you can access those Recovered Life discussions, as well as all the discussions that we're also putting on on our network, Recovered Life. So please join us there. And thank you so much for mentioning that, Christina. So one of the topics I have to say that was on your Setting Healthy Boundaries discussion that you had was this whole idea of Mother's Day. There was a lot of people that were you know, they were concerned. They were concerned about going to Mother's Day, staying sober, or they were moms themselves and they were sober, right? And they maybe don't have the best relationship uh, with their kids. So let's dive into this Mother's Day. Why is it such a big deal for people in recovery?
1: Well, undoubtedly, it's probably the most complicated. It's the first relationship that we have in our lives and uh, you know fathers play a huge role i'm not i do not want to diminish their role but your role with your mother first everyone has one um, or had one and they are the giver of life and as a recovering codependent i learned that not only did i have direct messages of not being enough from my mother she didn't think she was enough and so i had no idea the impact Uh, You know, I had I had a a certain amount of abuse. I've been very open about sharing the trauma. I understand that the woman who raised me had her own issues, but it is one of those nuanced, complicated relationships. And so I'm glad we talked about it in recovered Life discussions, and I'm glad we're talking about it now. It's important to say, hey, this is coming up and I've got something to deal with.
0: Well, whether you have a great mom like I had mm-hmm. a, a really fabulous mom, you know, and uh, or or whether you have a troubled relationship with your mom, I think for people in recovery, Mother's Day comes with expectations, and so, I don't think any mother wanted to say, "Oh, my son's an alcoholic," you know what I mean? I, I don't think anybody wanted that, right? Like right. so, there there is, especially in 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 early recovery, when you're maybe not looking at uh, recovery and sobriety as positive yet as as one of the best things that's happened in your life. You're looking at it as maybe it's like one of the worst things that's happened in your life. I I would say, stick with it. That will change, you know? Uh, but you know, there comes a lot of expectations and people just around family. We talk about this in Christmas and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, Easter and all these other holidays that come up that there's this, you know, oh, like I got to get through this.
1: Right. And it can be surprising. Um, it, uh, It can be surprising because we haven't taken the time to look at the expectations. And whether you're new in recovery or you've been around a long time, you cannot get away from the expectations. I was in the hospitality business for years. And this is no doubt the worst day to be in the hospitality business, because it is as if the entire world or uh, those of us in the States are trying to shove in a year's worth of appreciation into one day. It's incredibly stressful, even if you have a wonderful relationship with your mother. And I hate the idea of, um, hate's a strong word. I do not like being told that this is what you're going to do on this day. And so I love that we're talking about it because feelings are going to come up, uh, whether you pick up uh, and, and drink or your, you know, your family does, feelings are going to come up. The mother's going to have expectation. I'm a mother. And we don't often think about, well, what is it that I really want to have happen on this day?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that is, I think it's good. You know. So much of holidays in the United States have been commercialized. Yes. So it's really about what you're going to spend, what you're going to do, where you're going to go, how that day is going to go. And it doesn't really leave any opening to really connect
1: with people
0: during that period of time because the expectations and the stakes are so high. I think a lot of people feel it's like, oh, you know. It's like, it's, it's all has to go perfectly. Now I want to address something else, Christina, because a lot of people come from alcoholic homes and this is also drinking holiday. If you're, if your mother was an alcoholic or there was dysfunction in your house and there was other alcoholism with relatives, they're all getting together and they probably have that cocktail plan. Yes. We're going to start off with the mimosa. We're going to, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing that's, that's laid out. And that can make a lot of people, especially in early recovery, Nervous,
1: right? Right. It does. the The intense emotion and expectation around it can really set somebody off and be in a vulnerable position. You know, this holiday means a lot to a lot of different people. Um, There are people that are mourning Mother's Days. There are people that want to be a mother and can't be a mother. There is so many opinions and weight attached to this holiday that we cannot not talk about it if you're in early recovery. You have to treat it as intensely as we treat, you know, the traditional Christmas Day. It is that thorny and that complicated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you do. And I think, you know, having this plan, we talk about this a lot. If you are going to a family that has dysfunction or maybe your relationship with your mom isn't the way that you wanted it to be right And I know with COVID, the expectations are much higher because people have been locked away. And, you know, here in Los Angeles, COVID is running rampant again and it's out there. So now people are nervous. There's that Mm -hmm. on top of it. Right. So this whole idea of connection and how do you connect and what do you, you know, how do you do this adds this layer of complexity. I always say, slow down, you know, start with how am I going to be able to achieve what I really want, which is, you know, that connection with mom, being able to spend a little bit of time. Maybe that's virtually. Unfortunately, my mom is, uh, lives in another town, so we're not going to be able to see her. So, you know, we're going to have to do a virtual kind of thing. How do I plan that? so that, you know, everybody's expectations can be met and also everybody feels comfortable and they got what they wanted out of Mother's Day.
1: I love that you brought that up. It's one of the first things I tell people, you know, we may have an expectation and an idea of what it looks like, but the person that you're honoring may not really want that, or they want something different. And so having that conversation with your mother Um, or mothers in your family, right? Because we can honor mothers without them being our mother is so important. It, It starts to set those healthy boundaries. We have to know what our limit is and what we're able to do. And I tell people, cash in that floating holiday. First of all, there's so much mayhem out there. You know, everybody's trying to get a reservation at the hot brunch place or trying to figure out what they can do. Cash it in, you know, send your mother to the spa and pick another day that you can really connect with her. Um, Ask her what she really, really wants, but be honest with yourself about what you are capable. It's much worse to show up Uh, with this uh, expectation that you're going to be able to handle it and then not be able to handle it or have that blowout than it is to go ahead and be honest and say, what's going to work for me is this day. I want to celebrate you, but it's too much to be out there.
0: Well, yes, absolutely. And I think one of the things is too, in early recovery, because, you know, Christina, both you and I work with people that are in early recovery. Yes. And a lot of the times that they find out, you know, a couple months in that a lot of their relationships are codependent. They're maybe messed up a little bit. And there is a lot of anger a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. It has to do with family members and especially parents. And, you know, you have to pick the appropriate time. I always say, you know, Christmas is not the time to sit down and tell your aunt and uncle, grandparents, or mother and father or siblings (laughs) about how they hurt you in the second grade or whatever, right? Right. It's not an appropriate time. It's like being able to be a right picker of the appropriate time to do that. Make an appointment with that person. Make it in a not charged area. Don't run in with huge uh, confessions, apologies, resentments, wanting to get things straight during, during times that aren't really appropriate for it. And I, I find that that is what happens. It's like, if I look back and I say, okay, what holidays didn't go well, Christina, it all had to do with like resentments or trying to resolve (laughs) something that shouldn't been resolved during that, during that time.
1: Well, you said it, um, You said it. And I think that that comes with setting too high of an expectation on ourselves. You know, we will think I'm going to make it up on this day. Or let's say you're in a relationship with a mother who uses guilt and shame to handle the the family addiction issue. Uh, It's important for you to talk to somebody who knows what it feels like to be an addict and to get yourself filled, to get your cup filled before you ever walk in the door trying to be of service to somebody else.
0: So let's dive into this, the guilt, the shame, the codependency, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think with parents, a lot of the times that's where you see that with people who are in recovery, right? One parent might've been an alcoholic or both. One parent was a codependent in some way. Mm -hmm. And so the kid, you know, growing up is caught in the middle. And so you're always trying, there's this balance back and forth, I think, with the person who is the recovered alcoholic. To find a balance of like, well, am I being codependent? Also, Mm -hmm. you know, just because you're in recovery, and you know, I always say this is like, just because you're in recovery doesn't mean that other people are. Right. You have to put a pin on your expectations and just say, look, I'm going to leave my expectations about how people are going to act at, you know, just because I'm not going to act out doesn't mean that other people aren't going to act out.
1: So, so true. And that's why having a discussion with a coach or a sponsor or a therapist prior to where you can be honest with yourself about how this person has parented you in the past and what is the likelihood of them doing an about face on a special holiday. Also, what is the likelihood of them being able to go deep with you? Uh, When we deal with adult children of alcoholic issues, we start to realize and look at our parents as a vessel for our birth, but our true parenting is ourselves in higher power. And if we try to skip that work, um, if we try to skip feeling the feelings, walking through the trauma and go straight to I'm going to behave a certain way and I know they're hurt people and I can forgive them, we don't really truly forgive. And so whatever you can do, whatever you can do to make sure that the holiday has, you know, correct expectations and also understand that you're not going to undo, you know, the pain and the anger in one day. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, You know, that that I think is the big thing. It's like that is an unfolding situation and maybe it's never. And here's the other thing with expectations with with parents that have passed, Christina. And I know you've just gone through this. Is that like it's there is the incompletion of it all with people that are in recovery. And I've found, you know, having family remember uh, family relationships that did not and will not heal right they just for whatever reason it just did not work out like that i i think you know the the ability to be able to let go of that and enjoy what's in the here and now is super important because if not what you're doing is you're reliving that over and over and over again and this is a deservability issue i believe right like at some point As bad as your situation might have been with your parent, you have to realize that, you know what, you now are in charge of recreating relationships in your own life. And this is where alcoholics, I think what I call church basement thinking, you know, I talk a lot about that in coaching, Christina, is like people get stuck in that I'm as sober as a church mouse. Right. In the church basement, going to tons of, you know, 12 step meetings, therapy, all this other kind of stuff. But they really can't get over it because they're unwilling to go and say, hey, listen, just to be honest, acceptance, which Mm -hmm. we talk about a lot. It's like, hey, you know what? This isn't going to be what I imagined it could be. This isn't what I necessarily needed or wanted. But now I'm going to go out and create something in my life. And you talked about that being the mom. Look, I know you didn't, you've shared that you didn't have the mom that you needed or wanted, but you've become that person in recovery.
1: I sure have. And that's really helped me with compassion. But it wasn't until I became a mom and saw my my precious, innocent little baby that I really had a reference point of how painful my history was. And when we rush to forgive, when we rush to go to the story of, you know, well, they were hurt, they didn't do it on purpose. And we kind of excuse behavior by explaining it. We're not really feeling the feelings and you know, it has to be like driving a clutch, you know, with your car, if anybody has driven a clutch, where sometimes, you know, it's feeling the feelings and really, uh, really being willing to process them and accept them as they are, and also moving past and having daily activities that serve us and take care of ourselves. If you go to an event without really taking care of yourself yourself you are setting yourself up for more re-traumatizing events.
0: Well, now we're getting real because uh, this is the thing that I call BS on mm-hmm. in, uh, in in a lot of 12-step groups and in therapy. Well, uh, they did the best they could, mm-hmm. right? Now, this is true. I believe this from a spiritual sense that maybe at the time that, you know, people had the awareness, they didn't have the awareness. There are some things I look back on in my in, in, you know, when I was drinking, I was like, I, that, I, I don't even result. I, I don't even relate to that person. If right. the, if the alcoholic, you know, young Damon met the Damon of today, he, they one one, they wouldn't even like each other. Sure. Two, they wouldn't, they wouldn't recognize you. They wouldn't recognize each other. Right. So sure. I understand that people change. And I think that's the beautiful thing that you learn in recovery, but sometimes people do know better and they choose not to do well. And so this true. is the thing I think that you learn in recovery that you can't just brush it all under the rug and say, well, you know, this person, you know, they yeah. did the best they could with what they had. Maybe yeah. that's not 100% true. Maybe no. they knew they could do better, but they simply didn't give a shit enough to do better.
1: So true. And, and what you're talking about to me errs on, you know, it leans toward denial. Because it wasn't until I held my son did I really understand the injury and the pain that occurred. And so I couldn't really forgive somebody until I knew what happened. You know, I, I call it, you know, being too smart for your own good. Fourth stepping your way out of actually feeling feelings. And I remember people would say, well, you know, they didn't write a book on it. And I would want to raise my hand and said, no, they they wrote thousands of books on it. I've done it. I learned how not to abuse my child. I learned how to let my child have a healthy life. I did the hard work. They didn't. And I, I know that some people can meet that and say, "Well, you want to live in the past." But I believe that true freedom has to come from being willing to face this happened. Acceptance is understanding that your history will always be that way.
0: Yeah. And, and, and you know, and I think the thing is is that people look at this, they brush it all under the right the, the rug and they say, "Well, you know what? They did the best they could with what they had." we're not talking about buying an iPhone no in 2015 and then a new iPhone comes out in 2022 you right. know the these are like basic principles right now yes, i do believe that people's consciousness evolve and i look at my consciousness and i know that it's evolved right but you're sure. right as w- when you become a parent you realize it's like wow you know what there were some gaping holes in maybe some situations you know, um, I was very fortunate. I had an amazing mother, right? Like wow. even though there were other family members that weren't so amazing, I had I had an amazing mother uh who always I learned a lot from. And so happy Mother's Day, Mom, if you're listening, she's a she's a big fan of the show. So oh. after, I have an amazing mom, you know. I see everything that you do for your son, and you're great at it. So I do believe that you do get a second chance in recovery, even though the people around you might not have taken advantage of that.
1: So true. And you brought up a really great point that needs to be shared. When we have these opportunities to mother differently, when we have the opportunities to enter into a healthy relationship, it does create the healing. Okay. When we hold people that cannot change accountable and we put our power in them, that if they change, I can heal. We are doing the same thing to ourselves that happened. But when we say, I'm going to change, I'm going to have relationships. It's amazing how much that can truly heal the mother wound. It has for me. It really has. Being able to provide that unconditional love and that acceptance of my son and others has allowed me to have unconditional acceptance of myself.
0: Well, look, you're you're you know the the thing is is that you're willing to do the work, and I mm-hmm. you know I I want to address this the doing of the work right because we we're gonna if you if you're a regular member and listener of the podcast, uh, we've integrated these recovered life discussions, which I mentioned in there, and we had a whole thing that we're putting up that will air in the next couple of days about setting healthy boundaries that you do yes. in recovered life, and one of the things that was interesting is there's a lot of people that comment. That had uh, that weren't great parents. They they firmly admit it, right? And mothers that came in, it's like they drank. They did the best that they could, but now maybe they have older children, and that they've decided, you know, hey, I'm going to get sober, and they're on the path. They've got a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, maybe even more, right? And day to day, they're doing the right thing, but those kids have not come back into the fold necessarily, right? Right. And we hear this a lot, Christina, in 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 coaching. And we've all had this experience. There are people that when you decide that you're going to get sober, will walk away and might not come back. They might not come back because they don't like the person that you used to be. And they've had enough, right? They've had enough. And some people do come back. And so I'd love to address that for a little bit, because that's a huge segment of the, uh, the audience too. People who were raised in drug and alcohol addiction, who then later became parents and raised kids in alcoholism and drug addiction.
1: So so true and you know for me when that occurs and someone comes to me with that I I try to share that that is their child's journey it is not their journey and they may have been 100% or let's say 80% responsible for the original the uh, original injury but as an individual we are 100% responsible for our own healing and it's important to remember that and i don't we don't like it we don't like it when things you know don't go our way but unconditional acceptance true love means that you allow the hurt child to live their own life and come to healing on their own terms. And it's important to continue to get support for yourself. Uh, It's important support for yourself. Uh, It's important not to live in that place because you're not a useful parent. If you live in this self-flogging place, either, you're not useful. And our job as parents is to share our humanity share the grace that we have for ourselves and others and to wait and let our children come to terms with the healing that they have to.
0: And I think, you know, one of the, one of the very basic things too to add to that is just you staying sober makes a huge impact. And this is the thing, you know, as coaches, we, we, we get people who are young parents and or older parents or whatever, whatever the whole, you know, I know I have, I have had discussions and have worked with people who have been all, all different types of walks of life and different situations in their family. And I, I will tell you, I've never seen a situation where just staying sober and doing the right thing day to day, no matter what that family member does, that I think makes the biggest impact just doing the deal. Like I think, I think that um, we get so used, Christina, to being sober. Mm -hmm. that, and we get so used to seeing the miracles happen. I I really, I firmly believe that. So I always said, look, Christine, if you're going to be, if you like, if you're a transformation junkie, you know, uh, recovery is for you because you see, like, I see it all the time. I see people come back from nothingness and end up creating these amazing lives. Right. And I'm going to tell you how that happened was simply sometimes By just getting a day at a time, a minute at a time, a second at a time, there was no other great mystery than they just held the course and did the right thing and stayed sober. It was literally that simple. It's not that simple if you're in it, if you're the one doing it. But really, I think people underestimate the impact that they have on a family structure, especially if you come from a lineage of alcoholism, by just staying
1: sober, Wow, you're so right. Preach, Damon. Preach. The, oh. I mean, truly, the shame that's attached to this disease can easily help us forget the accomplishment. And I always end up reminding somebody, I think we had a show recently about how progress is way more important than even achievement. And remembering how difficult it is to live in this world without anesthesia, that there are many people who do not do that. There are many people that don't want to face their issues and they shop it away, or they do all kinds of maybe lesser addictive behaviors. If you are willing to show up and be present in your children's lives and others' lives, you have already won. And everything else that's going to happen is going to be a direct result of you making that decision. And it Absolutely. won't happen.
0: Yeah.
1: I was to say it won't happen in our time frame, but it does happen.
0: No, absolutely. And you know what? And the thing is, I think, is that you don't have to be perfect doing it. I know as a parent, I've been less imperfect in some areas, but the fact of the matter is I've always showed up, had mm-hmm. a relatively great attitude, right? Right. And was willing to do what I needed to do. That that is um and participate. That's it to try. Like, you know, we don't all have skills. Uh, that we maybe need to have, and we're learning skills, and 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 thank God we're learning skills, right? Like, yes, uh, I, you know, I know I'm never, I am far from perfect, and I'm never going to be perfect, and that is okay with me. I, I, it's the journey of it and the doing of it that really makes the experience.
1: And because you do that for yourself, you are modeling to your daughter that that's all she has to do too is show up and be willing to do better and learn better. Um, That's
0: it. That's it.
1: That that is parenting. And I always remind people, and this is specifically towards special needs, but all parents need to remind themselves of this. Self-care is good parenting.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I I think, say that again, Christina, for the people who did not hear that.
1: Even with special needs children, self-care is good parenting. The best thing I can do for my son is take care of myself so that he doesn't feel responsible for taking care of me. And he gets to live his journey and I get to live mine.
0: Absolutely. You know what? This has been such a great segment, Christina. Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Uh, You're very special in what you do. And, you know... We, we would just like to say that, you know, if you're a mom listening right now and you don't feel that you're getting what you need and you're sober, stay sober, uh, stay doing the deal because uh, miracles do happen.
1: Yes. Yes, they will. So, so
0: Christina, we've got more show ahead. It's going to be even great going to be even better, the show that yeah. we've got, the next segment that we have coming up, if we couldn't beat this one because it was a really good segment. Uh, so I, w- I do want to mention uh before uh, we dive into uh, the next segment here that um, we have got a really special Recovered Life community going on, and it is at recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. And we would love for you to join because this is the great thing about Recovered Life is that it's one, it's free. Two, there is, it takes less than a minute to join. And three, you're going to get great exclusive content. Uh, And with people like Christina, free e-courses on there. Somebody told me the other day that they had a shopping issue, that they were spending too much money, Christina. And I was like, you got to check out the uh, shopping addiction worksheet. Yes. Uh, in video that Stacy Danford put up there. That's 100% free. That is huge savings right there. And it's going to get you further along in your recovery. So we would like to, uh, we would just like to mention that if you are not a member of Recovered Life, uh, please join. That is recoveredlife.us. Recovered life. us. So after this quick break, we're gonna come back with segment number two. Yay.
1: You're listening to the Recovered Life Show. Welcome back to Recovered Life Show. Before we enter into the segment segment, I want to remind everybody this show is being brought to you by Recovered Life contributors like me and people like you. Make sure to like, share, follow, leave us a comment. Info.recoveredlife.us for complete free. It is completely free. And uh, leave us a donation that allows us to keep helping others. That's info.recoveredlife.us. Are you ready to talk about this article, Damon?
0: I am ready. I don't believe it. I'm going to go right up either. front. I'm going to be the contrary of it. I'm going to go right up either. front. I'm going to be the contrary. Okay. So we're, we're, we're on the same page here. Let me set this up because a lot of people say it's like, Hey, you got to tell us what you're talking about. It's not yes. Helpful conversation. <laughs> so Christina uh, turned on this article uh, to me. Uh, she sent me a copy of this and I, I, I had a hard time believing it. And the title was decreasing adolescent drug use. And alcohol use in 2021, and I was like, that can't be the case. So let, let's discuss this article because I, I, you know, when I really dove into it, looked at the statistics, they did decrease. Yes, according to uh, according to this article, but there's a little bit of context that I, I would say that after you read it, that you realize it's like, well, it did re- decrease but not after this huge increase that we had it, in 2020.
1: Yes, that is something that, to remember. It did decrease in 2021 after there was a huge leap in 20. 20- 20. And we all know what happened in 2020, right? Um, I got married. No, I'm just kidding. It was the pandemic. You, you did get married. In I did get married. And then the pandemic happened literally the week after. And uh, our kids were sent home. We worked from home. Isolation increased and there was trauma. I mean, we were afraid for our lives. And we saw in the adult population a huge increase Um into addiction and consuming alcoholic beverages and drugs it was like the boundaries were off and people uh you know were drinking in their front lawn right people who had had these really good boundaries and i call them the governors you know like on your golf cart that slowed them down where all of a sudden oh my gosh you know i'm gonna drink at nine o'clock in the morning and um so i found this so fascinating and i'm with you i i don't know if i believe this i mean I believe it based on the evidence, but just like every uh, statistic data study that's out there, what we seek, we find, right? When we're looking for a certain perspective, you can find it. And what the article shared was that the uh, use of between uh, 8th graders, 10th graders, and 12th graders, that it actually went down in 2021. And that shocked the hell out of me. What did you think? So-
0: well, let me just set this up too. I have this on the screen if you're listening on the live stream and I uh, will put a link to it in the show notes of the podcast uh, and rebroadcast of this. Um, I- I'll tell you, I-, I believe it statistically on one level, mm-hmm. but I think that they underreported the increase that they had during the pandemic to begin with because having you know having a teenager, And watching friends of the teenager, right? And just being tapped in, just looking, just driving through, you know, neighborhoods in Los Angeles when kids get out of school running errands or whatever. You saw, and they talk about vaping, you saw the vaping, you see the stuff. So I believe that there was a little decrease at, at the beginning of the pandemic because I think a lot of the kids went home. Mm -hmm. And they felt that they didn't have the walk home from school. They didn't have these areas of time that they were alone or not under supervision to be able to do this. But I think is as people started to melt down mental health wise during, especially parents who are homeschooling and all this other stuff, I think there became more opportunities, right? To be able to do this. And unfortunately, I know people that I'm connected with on social media and just know through business who's kids died because they were, you know, one kid in particular died because he ordered stuff literally on Postmates and it was a drug that was delivered or something like that. It was like some delivery service. I don't want to, I don't want to say Postmates if that wasn't the case. So I take that back, but some delivery service that brought it over and the kid died literally in his living room with his parents in the next, in the next room. So I don't believe it on one issue. I do believe it to a certain degree kids are coming back into school, their part-time jobs, all this other kind of stuff. and they maybe have less time and they maybe don't have that level of anxiety that they used to have because they're actually participating in life.
1: Well, the study goes on to share that, you know, that they thought maybe the the statistics were lower because they took this study, you know, they did the reports when the ch- uh, adolescents were at home and maybe they weren't being as honest and they explained how that's not the case because they used a subgroup and figured out no people were being honest. My thought was that uh, that people were unsupervised during this year. And so the opportunity for adolescents to experiment and get in contact with others or have these, you know, peer pressure moments was reduced. And I do believe that um, it'll be very interesting to see what 2022 numbers share. Uh, I think, I mean, I know that we have talked about this uh, on this show in particular about the need for, more education, for more support in the mental health field. We need to address this. We have all just been through a traumatic event and are still picking up the pieces. And I don't think we're going to know um, how that affected our school-aged children and, for many years. But we well, all- Well, let's look at
0: the facts here. I mean, this lists it pretty good. Look, if you have a teenager, there's a fifty, basically a 50% chance that they are using drugs and alcohol. It says that 12th graders, 46.5% reported using drug, a percent reported using alcohol in the past year in 2021. um, And it decreased from 55.3% in 2022. So that's a huge number. Any way you look at it, whether it's 55.3% or 46.5, if we're looking at just the average there, half the teenage population is using drugs or alcohol.
1: Yes. So important. And just like you shared uh, with your story about the death of that that young man, this, we do not know if the next time one of our children picks up it, whether it will be laced with fentanyl and they lose their life. That's how serious this is. The drugs are definitely more powerful than perhaps when, you know, as a parent, you were in high school, the access yeah. is available. Like Even delivered to your door, these kind of conversations have to have uh, take precedence. They have to be of the most importance. And I love, um, you know, I would love to believe that drug use is going down. I would, but I don't believe it. I believe that we're not out of the woods.
0: Well, let's look at this. You know, harder drugs. Let's say not marijuana or alcohol, which I believe are still hard drugs. Yes. You know, we've had this. You know, we've had many shows about this whole myth that, that marijuana is not addictive and is healthy for you. Uh, right? yeah, both of those are not true. Right. Like, so, uh, but let's look at this, like, you know, any illicit drug other than marijuana. So we're, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about prescription medication, mm-hmm. you know, un- unprescribed or anything else. And that's the, the fentanyls and the, mm-hmm. all, all the other things that are out there. Eighth graders, 4.6% reported using any illicit drug other than marijuana in the past year in 2021 compared to 7.7% in 2022. That means that you've got, you know, in 2020, you had 7.7% right. Seven out of a hundred kids using, uh, illicit drugs other than marijuana. Uh, that's huge. And you have to start asking yourself. It's like, that's just what this kid said. I, I, you know, knowing teenagers having teenage kids, they're not going to tell you no uh, the the entire truth necessarily all the time. So that's a huge number. And when you go up, you know, it uh, when you go up to the marijuana and the vaping of nicotine, this is even when you look at tenth graders, almost twenty percent of tenth uh, graders are vaping nicotine.
1: Yes, isn't that astonishing? I mean, it's really, really. True, that this, that we can't talk about this enough to continue to share it with parents to pay attention, school officials, everyone, you know, that this population is very vulnerable to ending their life early, um, not even bringing up the percentage of addiction that will occur. Uh, we're not we're not going down in the overall numbers as a population. And in fact, we're increasing. And we can see it in our adolescence, even if there is a little dip uh, in 2021.
0: Now, I would like to say that things are getting better. And this could also be a possibility, Christina, that things are getting better because what the pandemic did was bring out more Mental health discussion, and this is mm-hmm. true, and I see this everywhere. Yes. I see this with friends who would never have a conversation about mental health, they're just not the kind of people who would do that, right? Having conversations, you know, I had a, somebody come up to me that I know very well and was like saying, Hey, you know, uh, concern for the kids that their mental wellness is good, like, and wow. we're taking these steps, and I was like, Wow, you know, like. You know, some people in your life, when you know that they're not really good at adapting to change in certain ways, when you see them embracing that discussion, then I, I think it's like, wow. And I, I've seen that a lot. So, it's good. you know, I do believe in one sense that we're really going in a way in a positive direction. I also think that, uh, I think that hard drug use is at an all time high, though. Wow. I, I, I will say that. But I think the awareness, though, with teens that, Um, That certain people will become alcoholics and drug addicts and get addicted is increasing. I think the awareness of kids being able to say, no, I just I don't do that is easier than when I was in high school.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, the more as the adult population embraces a sober lifestyle, uh, the adolescents will fall into uh, place. And it's about having these kind of conversations and explaining the risk that's involved, explaining that alcohol is an incredibly dangerous drug uh, and illicit drugs are way too available. And I love that that um, our world is opening up the discussions about mental health. And I think that the more we talk about the coping mechanisms that are out there and how unhealthy they are and have places for our adolescents to, to, to go to, to get support, the better this is going to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we've seen this, the increase, I think there's two things that are going on simultaneously. The drugs are getting harder And they're Mm -hmm. getting more accessible and they are going through, you know, we talked about uh, in in a past show about the trend in college campuses of uh, kids taking ketamine, which is basically what a horse tranquilizer, right? Yes. Uh, I'd never even heard of such a thing, right? Like, but yet it's out there, right? So that's increasing. But at the same time, this whole idea of discussion of identifying kids earlier that mm-hmm. we're going through this now. This is the where I think the biggest hope is. It's intervening earlier with not just uh, the addiction uh, substance, whether it be alcohol, marijuana, uh, other hard illicit drugs, but the behavior, the alcoholic thinking, or you know the addiction thinking intervening earlier with kids to say, hey, you know what? There's something about the pattern in that thinking that's ju- that that, that kind of tends to be addictive. You tend to be prone to right. addictive type of, of personality. Let's be aware of that. And also biology. Let's be aware that you have family members that uh, have suffered from addiction before. This, I think, is a game changer because although we see more adolescents, look, the number of people who identify that they're either trying to get sober or are sober is increasing drastically but i also think what's increasing drastically is this conversation around it getting
1: there yes. early
0: you know interjecting early before it goes off the rails
1: Take the shame and stigma out of it too. I have my my longest-term friend, her mother always shared with her that both of her grandfathers were alcoholic and that she needed to be careful. And now I look back and think, that is amazing that she educated her children at an early age to watch out for this. But if we keep it a secret, if we keep it about willpower and this person's defective, people are still going to. Uh, avoid and resist help because they don't want to believe that something is wrong with them. They need to know that there is help and it's not uh, a, a shame situation. They are not worse people because they have addiction tendencies.
0: Well said, Christina. Dennis, this has been an amazing episode of the Recovered Life Show. Episode number 106, Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. Uh, We have a very special live show coming up Friday. I'm not going to tell people what it is, but you got to tune in because it's all about our favorite person, Christina Dennis, Aww. and she's going to share with us on Friday. So we will, you guys tune in Friday to see what we're talking about. It's going to be a great show. So Christina, any final thoughts here about the Recovered Life discussions or anything that we've got going on in the Recovered Life community that you'd yes. like to share before we wrap up this episode?
1: Join the community, and isolation. You have a home and it's here with us and you are wanted loved and seen
0: isolate no more you can join the recovered life community and connect with us connect with other like-minded people and guys we really want you to live your best recovered life that's what this is all about episode number 106 wednesday may 4th 2022 in the can talk to you soon
1: bye keep the conversation going join recovered life A community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.